Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes, well, we just want to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined as ever by Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Josh. And yourself? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited. You know I'm excited, don't you, Alice? Oh, I know why you're excited. I'm also very, very excited. I am just a host standing in front of a guest asking them to talk about a film. Um, We are joined by the wonderful Kate Mason. Kate, how are you doing? You okay? Hello, that was so beautifully delivered, ah, man. I was about to all in yeah. with you. <laughs> People say I'm an amateur. Um, <laughs> anyway, how you doing? You okay? Yeah, really well, thank you. Um, yeah, having a, having a good week. Um, I don't feel like there's anything of note to tell you. I should have come up with some more like <laughs> useful podcast chatter, shouldn't I? It's really. Is are we, are we allowed to? Am I allowed to say what time when it is? It's not yeah, really yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. yes, okay. Right. We're about to go off on Easter holiday, so I'm I'm heading heading on a jaunt. So I'm feeling it's good about that. Although, pa- although, although packing, what the hell? I can't pack. Where, it's the where most are you going? Ever. If you don't mind, so yeah, of course. I'm going to Spain. I'm going to Barcelona. Oh, nice. I'm go- nice. Actually, I'm going to see nice. some football. In I'm going to see Barcelona Girona on oh, Monday night. Oh, That's so, just for fun. I am but, so um, jealous. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be oh. wicked. And, and it's hot as well, by the way. Oh, I bet it's roasting. I was supposed to yeah. go to the Camp Nou for my 30th and COVID ruined it. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. I so sorry for watched, your loss, John. Uh, Barcelona. Yeah, they say it was bad, yeah. but you know, really, what was the terrible yeah. thing was Josh's mischief. Who was, the, who was the real victim? You know, lots of people on me who could go to that football ground another time. But anyway, um, so we always start with a completely random question. So I'll come to you oh, first, yeah. Alice. Uh, Alice, mm. what's what's the best board game? Well, this is a difficult question, Josh. As you know, I play a hell of a lot of board games, but I think the one, the one I've got to pick, <laughs> because it's one that I can just always go back to, I always enjoy playing it no matter what mood I'm in, is Wingspan. Have you Whoa. heard of Wingspan? No. I haven't heard of Wingspan. No. So basically, you the aim of the game is to score points by collecting loads of different types of birds, and the birds lay eggs, <laughs> and they eat various things. And they basically you're, you're like just like a bird. What's the official word for a bird watcher? I feel like there is. Twitcher. Are you a twitcher? Is that the word? 
something like that. And and so, so it's like it's a game of description. So I that's quite a good one, especially if you're drinking because your your descriptive powers as you go on get worse and worse. Oh, so yeah, that, that's quite a good one. Um I did it on New Year's Eve a few years ago and my friends who aren't really my friends anymore kept moving my piece back because I didn't notice because I was trying so hard to think of words. And then also I suppose a little shout out for cards against humanity. Mm. If that does, does that count. count as a board game. I suppose it's a card game, isn't it? Card <laughs> game. Hence yeah. the title. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd say those two. Yeah, Hughes and Clues. Let's say Hughes and Clues. What about you, Kate? Well, I'm not. I feel like you guys are very educated board gamers. Board gamists. <laughs> board gamers. Board gamers, um, gamers, I think. Yeah. Gamers. Just gamers. That's what you should be calling <laughs> yourselves. Um, so I don't feel like I've got enough of a repertoire to really lay down a massive claim for any board games apart from yeah the really effing mainstream ones the, the so classics like, yeah that's fine that's we've fine i shouldn't memories. have scoffed we've all got memories of people <laughs> like trying to sort of steal like rip our cards out of our hands in monopoly <laughs> in sheer aggression bobby if you're listening i still haven't forgiven that when you yeah, ripped bobby. park lane oh my god unbelievable i've never seen rage like it but, oh, the, um... rouse. the rouse <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i feel like the ones all the main ones are those that give I have the most memories of because I haven't gone down these like great niches that you two seem to have followed down. But I have to say I'm open to uh, to being invited to any kind of board game parties that people might might enjoy. I also like a bit of Trivial Pursuit. So oh that's yeah, that's one. a good one. I, I like, yeah, I like that's Trivial Pursuit. That's quite cerebral, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's like, a classic. Like family people always want to play that. So yeah, they that's can, a good one. Is, around Christmas, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, although I find that quite stressful because the the game that we have at home is like from the 70s mm. so you know how all of the different yeah so you know how all of the different sections like history is probably all right if you're good at history but then there's like a like media or so i can't remember what it's called and it'll all be stuff like who died in eastenders last season and you're like it's the 70s wasn't even born in the 70s um yeah so my my parents do always win. <laughs> I swear, I, I've never I've got a bit of a board game profession for you, Alice. I've never ever played Scrabble. Really? In my whole that life. That is interesting. In my whole life. That um, is interesting. I don't know why, because uh, yeah. we're not a, we're not a particular board game family. Uh, we might be more of a card game family, hence my cards mm. against you anything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never played it. I've only played Cluedo once as well because I, I wouldn't be able to tell you the rules. No, mm. I don't think I've ever played Clue, though. Scrabble's fine, but Boggle is better. Boggle's good. Right. I love Boggle. Boggle. Frustration. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, I used to play that, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to go for that one where you have to take the little uh, bits of people's like heart and lungs and stuff oh, out. Operation. Operation, I don't think that counts yeah. as a... Yeah, it does. That's, I yeah, think that's definitely on, one. That's that. definitely you one. You can have that. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Okay then, so we will move on to talking about this week's film then, which is Notting Hill from 1999. So spoiler warnings if you've not seen a uh, more than 20 year old film. Uh, so Kate, you chose Notting Hill. Interested to know why you picked this one. So uh, what is it about for those who haven't seen Notting Hill and why did you pick it apart from the fact that we asked you to come on the podcast? because <laughs> I love it I love it so much I thought I maybe should pick like a football film so I was toying with uh, Escape to Victory which is also a great film Good shout, but I yeah. just thought this would be I basically just wanted to sit down and watch it again because <laughs> it's such a it's such a soothing film I think mm. everything turns out 
right and there's lots of nice I was actually a bit nervous about watching it back because you know some of those sort of 90s films are a little bit don't stand the test of the time and they're a bit sexist and all that mm-hmm. sort of shit but um this actually I suppose the thing is you know the in this one from a sexism perspective not don't think there is any because the woman is the character who has all the all the control right all the mm. power she's she's a she's a film star he's a dude who inexplicably lives an incredibly affluent life by running a small <laughs> tiny bookshop that never seems to sell any books and again inexplicably has limited itself to just selling travel books but fine <laughs> um and then they meet in passing and the two of them are wowed by each other's wit and sexiness i guess yeah Um, And they go through trials and tribulations, um, mainly due to the fact that she's really famous and also there don't seem to be mobile phones. I guess there weren't. Um, And in the end, well, it's all lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very good. So would you say it's underrated or underseen or did you just want to talk about it? Well, I just I just want everyone to have seen it, you know, Mm. now. Mm. So I guess when it was so... Uh, what I didn't realise actually is that it is in fact critically acclaimed. So yeah. not until I'd already suggested it did I realise <laughs> it's not actually underrated at all. Everyone's like, yeah, it's bloody good. So I failed on that account. Um, but I just thought, I thought, you know, like you say, it's over 20 years old, right? And so mm. I feel like there's, there's going to be loads of people who don't even know about it. So let's get them on it right now. We've definitely had that before, haven't we, Alice, where it's like a film was successful at the time, but actually are people going back and watching it now? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm the nature of cinema and how much how much content there is nowadays they definitely you know people will definitely go in and watch not notting hill you know a, a bit but are people sitting down and watching it a lot maybe not maybe not what do you mm-hmm. think alice so mm-hmm. what do you think what do you, you think? could so you could say maybe it's a little bit underseen maybe with right. modern audiences not yeah, probably with the audiences at really. the time though um, no for sure <laughs> okay then so alice mm. going into this one then had you seen it so I think maybe, yes, I had seen it, but I definitely wasn't paying much attention when I watched it. <laughs> I didn't really remember anything about it and I did not think I was going to enjoy it. I went into this, Kate, with really low expectations. I was like, oh my God, am I going to hate this? And I'm going to have to talk to Kate about it whilst <laughs> hating it. But I was actually really pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to. Yay! Yeah, I was really happy about that as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Josh? I feel like this is one you've definitely seen. I've this seen f- this film loads of loads, times. Yeah, this yeah, seems I, right uh, up your so, alley. So I was watching it and I was thinking, I think this is the first rom-com I ever saw. Wow. I think it might be the first, because I'm about, you know, I'm about the right age. I would have mm. been... 10 or something when it came out so I think I remember it coming out on video and maybe my parents renting it or buying mm-hmm. it and then watching yeah. it so and I definitely remember the adverts on the telly for it because they were all the bit where he goes out and all the journalists are there mm. and, oh, yes. and obviously the Ronan Keaton song yeah was Ronan in the charts Keaton's as well <laughs> so I oh my god guys by the way also not to like tell you that I've chosen a great film and it's so great that we're doing it but the thing is that happens after you watch Notting Hill like now is that you then walk around because I mean I'm based in London right and you then walk around but any big city I reckon um British city you walk around and it's kind of it kind of feels a bit like you might be in Notting Hill mm. and I was walking I was at King's Cross you said you suddenly get like uh you know the music because the soundtrack's so so great and like of its oh, time yeah. um and you get 
you know, you get all the sense of the tracks going on around you. And I was leaving King's Cross yesterday, right? And someone was bloody, the busker was literally outside playing She, you know? Oh, no, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bit where yeah. it's like when, when she leaves and he's all sad for ages. And I was just walking around and like the, the rain has just stopped and the sun was coming out. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in a movie, guys. It's weird. <laughs> and, you walk, and then you walked into a travel bookshop and... <laughs> Yeah, I nearly didn't make it to this recording. It's been a whirlwind. <laughs> um, okay, then let's get stuck into it there. Let's get stuck into it then, Alice. So, so you've already touched on that you liked it there. So, what did you like? So, in general, I just quite admire like the whole general feel of the film. Like, it feels really simple in its concept and execution. It's pretty unremarkable. It's not groundbreaking, but it feels so endearing and charming. It all feels quite stripped back, like the locations, the set, the costumes, even the jokes and the humour are all quite low stakes. Everything feels really easygoing and really enjoyable. And it felt pleasant to sit through something like this, where I didn't really feel that intensely about anything. So a few of the films we've done this year, and certainly some of my choices have been so intense that it's almost like taking a physical effort to sit through them not in a bad way but you just feel a bit exhausted afterwards mm. whereas this was like the complete opposite of that and it was just relaxing and enjoyable to watch and just really light if you know what I mean oh absolutely yeah it's it's, it's, it's certainly very light and you are right like the film some of the films we've done this year because we started off this year Kate by doing uh, January was all uplifting, feel-good films because it's January. And then I think something above our heads went, I'm going to pick some dark shit now. Mm. And then a bit before you know it, what did you, you've picked some dark ones this year. You've done like Runaway was, Train. Went, Runaway Train and then The Wall, the wall right after pretty, each yeah. other. And it was a bit like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. I need a little lie down after some of them. But yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. But then, but then some, <laughs> I think what's easy to forget is when, when you say something like escapist about a film, you think like Star Wars or Lord of mm -hmm. the Rings where something transports you to a world but these films do that as well. Do you know what I mean? And they might be obviously more naturalistic, more relatable, more real, but they're still escapist because, mm -hmm. because you see these characters, obviously it's quite, it's quite unrealistic. A, a man who has a shop in London might get, you know, suddenly be going out with the most famous movie star in the world, but there's still that relatability. And I think they have that in the characters and they do it with the supporting cast. So if you look at like Emma Chambers, who, who obviously sadly no longer with us, plays his sister, uh, and then his friends, Gina McKee and Tim McKerney. And then I'm going to say it wrong, Alice. So what's his flatmate called? Chris Evans. So you, you, you did it right last time. I'm sure you <laughs> Chris did. Chris Evans. Is this our fourth Chris Evans film as well? Chris he pops Evans. up a lot, doesn't he, that one? Yeah. Oh, Welsh, are we? All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I quite like the supporting characters and I think they bring mm. that, that. You sort of want to be mates with them. Like you want to be sitting around <laughs> like they are. Have, uh, <laughs> yeah. Something wrong with this yogurt. That bit always <laughs> makes you laugh. It's not yogurt. That's mayonnaise. It's not yogurt. It's mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, but, right. yeah, um, so, Kate, what, what do you like? What do you like about this film? Or is it just one of those things? It's nostalgic for you. It's got a nice little place in your heart. What, what is it? I think Alice is, uh, yeah, really makes one of the key points about it. It's like a, it's like a genuinely nice experience, and yeah. I, I like the way that it's not. You know, there's some, there's some lovely uh, scenes to it, but like it carries you along with it so easily. But actually, to be honest, I think the scripting is amazing. Mm. Like the kind of the, the, it's it's naturalistic, but then. Like you said, Alice, it's not, you know, it's not like hard hitting jokes. They're not trying to go close to the wire. But the dialogue between, particularly between the two main characters, uh, between Anna and, oh my goodness, I've just forgotten William. what his actual William. name Because in my head, it's just yeah. Hugh Grant. Hugh right? Grant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, uh, yeah, and William. Like, it's, 
it's really god i'm gonna sound like soppy little wanker but it's really just like lovely it's you know the the way that they kind of match the styles of the two people they're talking to and the way people mm. bounce off each other you know it's really clean that stuff would have been difficult to write and it's it's an art form but you don't you don't feel it it feels like just a conversation that you know you could just have with your pals um but it's it's really tightly written and and i love that and i like the way that also i like the way you know it's interesting the way or the what's this late 90s mm. you know one of the main characters is just like in a wheelchair it's not a mm. kind of preachy like oh you know let's that's a massive part of the storyline that we have to be like um draw attention I don't know. to Exactly. It's just mm. like, yes, there just happens to be one of the characters who mm. is in a wheelchair. And here are some of the, cha- you know, here are some of the challenges, like at the end when they're getting in the, <laughs> the car, <laughs> yeah. the tiny little car. And um, Tim McInerney decides, again, I don't know why I don't know any of the real names of these people, but fine. Um, decides, you know, she's got to come with them. And I, I think I found that quite... Yeah, quite kind of hot. It's quite, it's endearing, isn't it? It's very, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. very, and I think Richard Curtis does that. So this is the second Richard Curtis film we've done, isn't it, Alice? Because we did oh, About yeah. Time. Uh, mm-hmm. We did About Time last year because you weren't a massive fan of About Time, were you? Mm-mm. And that definitely, they they almost took Notting Hill and Fawns in a Funeral with About Time and poured some honey on it. Like that's how sweet uh, it is. Do you know what I mean? So, but this okay. is a little bit more dialed back and it's obviously a little bit more early on and certainly his film writing career because he was massive in telly throughout all the 90s and and still is and stuff like that but i think what they do um really well in this is is that dialogue that you say okay so he's good at writing characters and when they talk it's like it's not like they're acting so it's almost like so so what, what he'll do is he'll do things like russell t davis does this really well as well he gives characters little things that are almost pre-existing bits of dialogue that you feel like existed before the film started and exist after mm. the film ends. So if you watch in this, all the way through it, the um, Hugh Grant's character and James Dreyfus, who work in the uh, bookshop and with his friends, they keep going classic, classic. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is not <laughs> a thing that I would, it's not something that I would say, um, but it's it's like, oh, they, that's what these characters do. They say, yeah, classic to each other. The way that yeah. groups of friends have those little in-jokes that if you if you were on the outside looking in, you'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Like, like yeah. and, and I think that's what it does really well. That's so cool. And that makes that makes actually a lot of sense of one of my favourite scenes, although it's I actually really struggle with cringe moments in films, but mm. I still think the thing where he goes to the, the press junket for the film is... <laughs> um, it absolutely kills me every time, um, and yeah, I can't because he he's talking to some character, and he and he finally feels like so. Basically, he goes to this, if you if you guys haven't seen it, um, listening. If he goes to this press junket, he thinks he's going to meet the movie star. She suggested, "Come along, we can hang out." Um, and then it turns out that actually he's found himself in this thing, and he has to go around pretending to be a journalist from <laughs> Horse and Hound uh, because that's the first thing he can think of because he's not very quick, I don't think. Um, and so he goes in, and finally he's. Getting Getting, getting to the crux of the matter and he's like asking some good questions he thinks and he's like did you identify with your character and the the bloke <laughs> <laughs> who is who has a translator with him um speaks in a language i can't understand for several moments and then the translation comes back no because he's playing a, a flesh-eating robot, carnivorous robot. <laughs> um and at which point sorry this is a long explanation but he goes classic yeah and basically you because that's been built up throughout the course of the film so far, you, I don't know, like doubly empathise or yeah, feel it's, like it's, it's an in-joke between us, the viewer, 
and him the character. Yeah, it's, if it's, that makes you, sense. You do it. You do it. You know, people do it in stand-up comedy. You sow the seeds early on, and then you come back and you refer to it, and then it yeah. makes people go, "Oh yeah," and then you start, <laughs> and then you, you start thinking. They do it with the. Um, it starts, doesn't it? Because the, his, his colleague in the bookshop starts telling him a really rubbish story about recognizing like someone and then, and then he goes, <laughs> yeah. it's not a classic anecdote is it? it's not a classic no it's not a classic and it's uh, that's i think it, that's what richard curtis does really well in this and in four ends and a funeral which i know he's had his critics about what the sort of type of people he's portraying but there's, there's nothing wrong with that it, it, the idea has come from his head so he mm. can write what he wants in in that sense i think but he he, he does that really well he portrays these people it's like these people are definitely friends Mm. And I think he does it really well. Whereas other stuff, you 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 can definitely watch something like other films of this ilk and be like, they they don't know each other. Like, yeah. or, there's, or there's or you can watch characters and be like, there's no way those two fancy each other. Or they got you know, they've so got true. they've That's got no so chemistry. That's so often the case. Um, yeah. So did you think it was funny, Alice? We've done the rom. What about the com? Um, d- definitely some moments of it. I think, th- so just thinking about it, probably the funniest bit for me or one of the funniest bits that just really lasts with me is right at the beginning where Three Sivans is going on a date and <laughs> yeah. he's not sure what to wear. So he keeps putting on these T-shirts. He comes down, they're really inappropriate. I can't remember what they say on him. Um, and then he shows one him. One something like, like, I love blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's got like a, has it got like a 3D sort of bit of a it's monster like a thing dragon sticking or out yeah. of it? Yeah. So he comes down, he shows you guys, he's like, how about this? And he's like, oh, not not quite romantic, is it? Like, and I just think like the comedy from that comes from his reaction. Like, he's not going, "Oh, that looks ridiculous, mate. What are you doing? Like, going get changed." He's trying to be nice. It's like it's not in him to just kind of slag his fashion taste off to his face or whatever. So he's like, oh, "It doesn't really scream romance, does it?" Or whatever it is that he <laughs> yeah, says. Exactly. But that's really funny. And then he comes down. And he's wearing one that's a bit better, that's just like, I lo- I think it says, I love you, or just You're some, the most you know, beautiful something. woman in the world. Yeah, yeah, and then and then he turns around <laughs> and then there's something else horrendous on it. That moment really stands out for me. But um, the bit that you said, Kate, as well, the whole bit where he's at the press junket is so beautifully awkward that a lot of the humour that comes from that, like when he's speaking to the director, and he's like, oh, I really enjoyed the the horses in this film. And he's like, oh, it was set in space, so there were no horses. And I was like, oh, it's like, will there be horses in the next film? Or whatever it is that he says. But that whole sequence where he's moving from room to room and speaking to the different people involved with the film was just so brilliantly awkward, (laughs) and I loved it. And you could see Hugh Grant did such, he does such a good good job, but it's a bit overused of that awkward face. That he does, yeah. where he's like eyebrows tight in, he looks a little bit lost, and he's like, oh, and he has that face throughout most of the film. But like in those moments, it just really conveyed his feelings, and you feel it as well so strongly as the viewer. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. But it isn't these big, over the top, massive "you must laugh here" kind of jokes. It's so much more subtle than that. But it is it's sort of expert writing, really. It's it's all in the script. It's, it's sure. that social awkwardness, like you say, is it? Like my favorite yeah. bit in that hotel bit is when he's interviewing the child actor, and it's Misha Barton. Misha Barton, and, Misha Barton. and she's yeah. like oh my ten God. or something. She looks identical yeah. to how she always yeah. has. Yeah. Yeah. And he says to her, "What's been your highlight of the fifty films or something?" Eventually. She goes working with Leonardo, and he goes Da Vinci, and that bit, I was like, "Well, he's been dead for five hundred years at this point. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, you must know it's DiCaprio." But he, he's freaking so out, mate. awkward. You're freaking yeah. out. Yeah, he's exactly. So but then it's like back to the the Risifan's uh, character. He, he's he's a dick, 
Like Spike's <laughs> behaving through the whole film. He's a oh, d- but he's so awkward he can't. Get- At one point, he sells out Julia Roberts, or it never explicitly yes. says that he does. But it's strongly hinted where she says he's yeah. clearly he's cl- well. Actually, no, he does because he does say I'm. No, no, they talk about it. I may have told a few people down the pub. Doesn't yeah, it? Like, that, that was a terrible bad Welsh accent. accent. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> three, three years of drama. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm always impressed that people can like try a Welsh accent so, anyway. It's because it's because I do a podcast with Alice every week. Um, yeah, I don't have a Welsh accent. I don't. You can put it on. You can put it on. Just can you put it on for us? No, I can't. Honestly. I would just insult the whole of my <laughs> the whole of your home country. I know, but, but, but like, I don't sound anything yeah, like him. Reese character, it's like he, he he is he acts bad all the way through the film. Like the fact that he just like won't take his messages for him. There's the bit mm. where he's lost his glasses and then he finds them later on. Um, the only the only good thing he does is stop traffic for them to get to the Savoy. Maybe that's his like re- redemption, isn't it? That's his <laughs> yeah. redemption at the end. He comes through at the end. But, he does. And also he, he's going to marry his sister. Oh, yeah. Which, that's quite... So you think what well, that does... Again, maybe that's another example of the quite slick writing or the understated writing, Alice, is like he that moment paints a whole psychological picture in the background that you haven't... We haven't been a party to. Mm. But the fact that, you know, she's managed to kind of semi fall in love in this slightly un slightly implausible way but it still kind of fits with the chaos of mm. of her and of him and so then you you add that whole background of whatever it must have been that they were getting up to to get together just hanging out and running around because you remember they they turn up into the shop they you start seeing them together a bit more but mm. they're not like a couple and then um, and then when so she I says she's got en- when she says she's got engaged the, the, the source, it seems <laughs> to be hasn't. that are they are they even together at that point because she goes by the way it's you and he goes all right yeah groovy yeah it's adorable i don't know why it's so adorable it's because it's not it's probably not great is it how would you feel if someone just suddenly accosted you with the news that you <laughs> well, were engaged we're getting, we're getting married. Dinner. what are we oh um oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no yeah i know what you mean but no it is it's that social organism. It is this man will bite his lip until his chin falls off. And mm. how far can you push that English English repression and that that politeness? And I think this is for me. Yeah. This is the best that he does it in a film. Hugh Grant and Rich Curtis. Yeah. There's obviously the there's the famous moment in Four Winds at a funeral with the couple, uh, and he's stuck under the bed or he's stuck in the wardrobe. If, if you don't know that bit, then look it up. Mm-mm. Just yeah. But he. Um, but this is. Th- consistently throughout the film, I think this is the bit, this is the best he does, that British sort of social awkwardness. And I think a lot of it is also down to the fact that it's, you know, she's American. So they, they make quite a big thing of the fact that she's American and he's British and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I think I think it's really funny. I'll tell you something else I quite liked as well, is there's a quite a decent sort of exploration of fame in this without it being too on the nose. So, you know, it's yeah. quite, if you think it's quite progressive because she is essentially almost the target of revenge porn. Not quite, but yeah. but getting there, you know, that idea. You could watch this now, I think. If you watch this now in the age that we're in, you might go, oh my God, that used to be a thing. Like the papers used to try and do that. And obviously mm-hmm. it's both better and worse now in different ways. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but like they... They get hold of these pictures of her and then she comes and hides. Like, that's quite a grim thing that happens to her. If you think of that, you know, mm. that that very much happened in the press not that long ago, unfortunately, to people like Jennifer Lawrence, didn't it? It was all the iCloud hack from about, I don't know, five years ago, yeah. something like that. So to deal with this in 1999 is quite interesting. So I quite like that idea. Like, I, I like that idea of um, 
Because the other thing I noticed as well, I've never noticed before, is this film is sort of a little bit, in terms of status, it's a reverse pretty woman. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so she is the, you know, she's the guard coming down from Mount Olympus to the mortals, whereas yeah. pretty woman is the other way around, isn't it? So I thought it's quite interesting to do that with Julie Roberts. It's very much that thing of using the baggage of an actor and being like, you know what we mean. She's basically playing herself in this film yeah. at, the, at, this, yeah, at exactly. this point. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On the fame thing, did you, Alice, did you like the, because another bit that I think is quite funny is that, and funny cringe is the scene where he gets, she goes and meets his friends. Just like he, sh- she show- he takes her as his date. Just yeah. that's like pretty much the second time they've ever hung out. Yeah. And that is very funny about the fame because I think that's, they, pretty much capture all the reactions that people have <laughs> all of the main categories of reaction that people have to fame like being completely a bit oblivious and a <laughs> bit of a bit of an oaf what does he say like what do you do <laughs> then it's like oh i'm an actress the, the and he's wages like, are oh, a scandal aren't they the wages- <laughs> from the, yeah yeah and to, like he says doesn't he he, doesn't he imply that he thinks that she does like Amdram or something? It's a, yeah, it's like, like PG, yeah. PG Woodhouse, isn't it? So it's like, yeah, but it, it, the sort of thing that he's talking about, it's like Amdram or local theatre yeah. and stuff like that. Because in that bit, she actually says her actual salary, doesn't she? 
So apart- <laughs> just, I think in the end she gets a bit tired yeah. of it, yeah, because she's pretty generous as a guest to <laughs> the rest of them, right? But yeah. that guy also that's another great bit of characterization from the Bernie character, that guy, <laughs> um, because he. Um, is a stockbroker. Yeah, he's or something a banker or something, isn't he? Like, yeah. like, so yeah. it's so classic for that to be his like. Sorry, no disrespect. To her. Hopefully, you've got lots of listeners from all sorts of walks <laughs> of life, and I don't. And there's lots of nice bankers, but that is um, quite a characteristic mm. style of interlocution, if you know what I mean. Yeah. To, to start banging on about how some, you know, someone does a bit of an interesting job, and to start banging on about how much they may or may not earn, mm. like it's quite a characteristic <laughs> way of doing it from that a, style a, of. Apparently, person. in that scene, the script said something like eight million dollars. And they kept doing the take, and she just in the end went fifteen million dollars. And then, and, and what? And then, some the director or someone said to her, "Why did you change the number?" And she said, "I'm I I wanted to be more reflective of the truth, reality." So, like, yeah, obviously, yeah. that's what she got paid for the film. Nice, so. Jesus Christ! Um, but yeah, and then there's the sister, obviously, going out like losing her mind. I mean, incredibly, incredibly embarrassing. Like, poor old William. To be honest, I felt like William would have. That's a bit like Pride and Prejudice, isn't it? Mm. Like the um, the way that the, then the siblings are kind of embarrassing you into possibly losing your love. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. And then the kind of elegant way that um, the other two, the, the couple mm. deal with it is, is you know, the Tim McInerney like shakes her hand and then it's like, Anna, Scott. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's, I really enjoyed that scene as well. It's soppy, isn't it, as well? Mm. Because towards the end, you can see she's sort of, whatever, finding a, what a normal life looks like mm. and feeling drawn in by that. Well, and I think what I quite like about that scene as well is they, they, they make a joke out of not making her sympathetic. So they they, yeah. they, they take you down an avenue where you think, oh, they're going to be like, oh, it's so hard being a movie star mm. because I've got to look good and I've had plastic surgery. And, you know, she does say she's had some genuinely shit stuff happen to her as well. But then they all just go, no, sorry, no, no way. Yeah, Absolutely no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's where it brings in those likeable characters, I think. Uh, Alice, anything you didn't like about the film? Are you going to break Kate's heart? Not really, to be honest. There was only really one thing, and it was quite a, a, a general thing that sort of encompassed the whole film. So for me personally... All the characters felt a bit two-dimensional and I didn't really feel any sort of significant connection to any of them. But I do wonder if that goes hand in hand with how Mm. relaxed I felt whilst watching Mm. it. So you can't (laughs) obviously have it all. You can't have like this lovely, light-hearted, enjoyable experience, but then also like have these deeply penetrating connections to your characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, which which would you rather? Um, but like Will so William especially, almost everything he says is like a one-liner. Like and he has mm. one facial expression, like I said, the sort of weird kind of frowny thing. And then it's like the writers sort of wanted him to be so over the chop, charming and cute that they forgot to give him a personality. Like everything is a line. Like everyone he's talking to, it's just everything felt like a line. Like I don't feel like I got to know him as a person at all. I do know people like that though. Do you? Yeah, they do exist. Yeah. Is, is it so Hugh Grant? It, you don't know Hugh Grant? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, it's, for me, I thought that felt quite authentic. Oh, and I think, to be honest, yeah. Julia Roberts should be worried about the presumably 
boarding school, public school education that this man has had <laughs> and and has not enabled him to really get that deep about his emotions <laughs> or his ability to talk things through and anything other than a sort of self-deprecating joke. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I did, I know what you mean, but I suppose, again, I like added this whole load of hinterland to him where it's just like, he's so busting up. Like you say, that being charming all the time is almost like defense mechanism for the mm-hmm. fact that he's, um, so yeah, I hope they have a happy life and the, you know, cause she's pregnant in the last scene, isn't she? she? Is. So I hope yeah. that he does learn to speak a bit more about his emotions. Maybe that could have been a second. Notting Hill, Hill 2. Notting Hill 2. The therapy, the therapy years. <laughs> <laughs> have you, how many 90s Hugh Grant rom-coms have you seen, Alice? Or is it just this one? No. Have you seen Four Weddings and the Funeral? I haven't seen Four Weddings and the Funeral. Have you seen no. Mickey Blue Eyes? No. So if you watch them and then mm. watch this again, you'll understand that it's not, it could, I understand what you're saying, but that is very much the 90s Hugh Grant character. Okay. To the point right, where he yeah. even he would even acknowledge it himself in interviews. You know, he's quite he's quite famously a little bit cantankerous, or he can be when he's interviewed and stuff like that. But I've definitely seen interviews with him where he around this time he said, "I think everyone knows I'm famous for a certain method mm. and a certain mm. you know approach, and that mm. is that the bumbling, charming Britishman." To the point where, for example, you know, if you watch, I think there's a there might be like a Simpsons or Family Guy joke from around the time where they're watching a film called Hugh Grant. What's my appeal? I mean, and yeah, that sounds and, funny. And, and, it's, sure. and, it's, and it's that sort of thing. So if you watch other ones, it might actually, of all the ones, if you go back, he's probably the most rounded character of all the oh, ones. Because wow, really? they're all, okay. if you went, okay. this is all the same guy. It's all the same, the same guy, you know, or whatever. And he's gone from being in all these films. You'd be like, oh yeah, it's definitely, this, it's definitely the same guy. The pro- um, the, probably one of the problems is that up until this point, so like what, 999, so... Like I, I watched like a lot of action, a lot of horror, a lot of sci-fi as a child with a lot of very intense characters who, you know, if you think about Jack from The Shining or Sarah Connor and that, do you know what I mean? And he's, Ripley, not, he's not like them, is he? Let's be exactly, honest. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> with, like those are the kind of people that I'd been exposed to. So then is it someone like Hugh Grant? It's like, oh, he's just a cute, funny little caricature, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're thinking about who do you want to save from a Terminator, Sarah Connor or William Thacker who runs a travel bookshop, you're dead if you're picking William, aren't you? Exactly. Like, let's, 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 let's and I've always said that. You've always said I wouldn't trust Hugh Grant's character in Notting Hill to save me from a robot apocalypse. Um, (laughs) Is there anything else for you, Alice? There isn't, to be honest. Um, It was just an enjoyable time. A lovely, light-hearted. A lovely old time. It was, and a pleasant surprise. I feel like I kind of wish that we'd watched it all together with a bottle of wine, because I feel like we would have just <laughs> had a really, like, perfect, it's a lovely old time. Perfect you know? for, sort of film for that as well, though, isn't it? It is that yeah, sort of exactly. Saturday night, just chilling out kind of thing. It's, it's a good, yeah, it's good date night film, good date, good good film to watch with mates, like, yeah, yeah. Wh- whatever it is you're doing, absolutely, yeah. So was there anything that you didn't like, Josh, or that uh, you would change? I mean, I have so much affection for this film. I, I, mm. I always try and be balanced, as you know. It, it was difficult, but I suppose I did notice... There's a few conveniences, isn't there? There's a few like, why does that happen? Oh, just because it does. So for example, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way those blokes in the restaurant would not know she was sat behind them. Mm. I oh, think do you it, think? I think I, I, oh man, I totally fell for that. I, I, wow, I, okay. I, there's like, there's no, and then she goes over, on IMDb is though, she... anyway, it says that wasn't in the script, it was improvised. I was like, well, Sanjeev Bhaskar is one of the actors. <laughs> so there's like, it's not, it's not improvised, is it? Because they're naming her as a character and not Julia Roberts. But, <laughs> so there's that, or there's, for example, I think she would know not to open the door. 
Yeah, me too. It, like, I definitely agree I with that. I think if you've been a movie star for 10 years, yeah, you'd be work. like, fucking hell. Like, what is going also, on out there? He didn't he didn't say anything either. Yeah, like, she was just there. like, oh, what was that? He was just like, he did, like, he should have said, there's a swarm of paparazzi out there, don't yeah. open the door. But, but also, he didn't. It, he it's 1999. What, he's not hiding in Uber Eats, is he? So what, yeah. what, what's, <laughs> what's he hiding? Like, so, so there was yeah. that, or there was, yeah, the bit in the restaurant. There was bits where she... Definitely does get recognised in public, and other bits where you like she would get recognised in public there. Yeah, it'd be non-stop, probably, wouldn't it? In like, London, yeah, yeah, like when she's even walking just back the to walk home, mm-hmm. yeah. even just the walk home from the dinner at the, at the <laughs> into the little birthday. secret gardens, yeah. yeah. And the fact that no one tells him she's got a boyfriend, yeah. like yeah. they all, they all he is go, supposed to be know. very like stupid about. Um, That's that true, but, but, things, but they say yeah. to him, he said, "I." I do. I, how was I only one who didn't know she had a boyfriend? Because I don't read Hello Magazine, and all her friends are like William, and it's like so. No one went. You do know she is. Yeah, but I famously don't. I, again, Alec Baldwin. Maybe my, maybe my <laughs> entire, maybe my entire sense of how like people's minds work has actually been built on Notting Hill. So this is why I'm creating all of these beliefs for these characters. You just waiting for exist. someone to spill orange juice on you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> why won't it happen to me? Um, but I. Th- thought that the okay i no one believes of his friends that she is a genuine opportunity that they are genuinely going to end up together mm. my assumption is like imagine if that's you know i rock up to dinner with you guys with brad pitt Every, mm. you're not going to be like hey kate, like kate do you not know he's got i don't know if he has but you know what i mean do you not yeah. know that he's got you just probably be like bloody hell give it a go yeah. <laughs> go for it Rooting for you. <laughs> Perhaps you could be like, oh, they must have separated and the papers don't know yet. Or Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't do necessarily that. think that that would be the reaction to be like, oh, by the way. Because presumably they don't think, oh, he's going to go and settle down with Anna Scott and have babies and live <laughs> yeah. on the on the you know on the square with that garden in it. Um, so that was the reason I, I made in my head. But you're right, there's there's quite a lot of like um conveniences for there the is and, and but i guess that's quite often true oh god yeah there's loads of stuff where you're like like there's a film we're going to do next week which i one of my main criticisms is, is stuff just keeps happening and they're like oh yeah well, is that's, it harry potter that's a, yeah it's that yeah <laughs> <laughs> magic isn't it um but it's like it's like any time travel film isn't it we'll just go back and do this or go forward mm. and do this or, or, or whatever but yeah. yeah and then the final thing is obviously i suppose we should point out famously not very a very white. good, not a very good representation oh, right. of Notting Hill, and yeah, very, yeah. very white. So yeah. Notting Hill, one of the most multicultural, diverse parts of area yeah. of London. It's like no, everyone's sort of just like posh and that. <laughs> yeah, um, that is weird. That is weird. But uh, that's well documented. Like, it, you know, it was documented even at the time, and here we are now, more than twenty years later. So, so yeah, you can't go back and change it. Um, and and you know, times have moved on, and and, and we're. I think it's safe to say cinema is a little bit better at that now. Uh, Certainly getting there. Anyway, uh, it is striking. An extension of that, I would say, which is probably another thing that I thought uh, that wasn't so good. Although it's basically, you know, the people with regional, with like, like the Welsh accents, they're the comedy (laughs) turns. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's always like, uh, I can't remember what the accent is of the guy who sticks the Book down oh, his still pants a Moran. to try it's, and steal Irish. it. Yeah, Irish, yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish. You know, so yeah. yeah, basically all the yeah. There's that to, to the point um, where at the end where there's a reporter who asks her 
about the pictures of her and William. And I was like, oh my God, a Northern person. Because like he goes, there's a, some pretty graphic pictures of you from last time you were around here. And I was like, oh my God, Fred, Fred Dibner is, is asking Julia Roberts a question. I was like, yeah, yeah. So, but it is, and it is, yeah, it is very white. It is very upper, upper middle class or, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But that is Richard Curtis films. That's true. Like, and so, I've, I, I was listening to a really interesting podcast where Catelyn Moran was talking mm. about how some of the criticism she'd had for not speaking to other, because she's a big feminist, she writes a lot about feminist stuff, and and I hey, I can't remember the full context of it, and I'm mm. sure she's written great stuff about this and can express it far better than I possibly can. But she was talking about some of the criticisms that she'd had about not writing about like the broader, you know, just writing kind of about her own mm. personal uh, experience from her demographic, you know, being white. And she was sort of like, you know, while I take that on, I don't feel as though I'm in a position to write lots about other people's. Mm-hmm. Um, great. You know, I don't f- feel like it's right that I'm sitting there being like, oh, I'm going to take on. And also like, what, what am I going to be generalizing for the whole of womankind? Yeah. Like no mm-hmm. man ever has to do that. So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... famously all women the same. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. You know. So why can't she just do it? So yeah, th- that's not exactly the same thing that we're talking about here with Notting Hill. Uh, you know, it, it no, but you write about been, what you it would have been better. It would have been better with a diverse cast, I think. But um, but the fact, but if if Richard Curtis is writing about the people he knows about, then that's probably okay. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anything else on the dislikes for for us guys, or are we are we are we not many, not many, pretty. Mm-mm. That was pretty it for me. Oh, there we go, there we go. Okay, just the unrealistic impression of how life's gonna be, and also <laughs> it's a tiny bit the friends thing, isn't it? Of like they all live in these incredibly nice places in incredibly oh, yeah. expensive parts of the, of the world, and that never seems to be a problem. That house, yeah, he, that house he lives in must be like a, a five million quid house. Yeah, it must be something well, I like guess... that. It's kind of, it's like I guess three at the stories. time, people say that it was run. You know, it wasn't a posh area, no, right? And no. partly Notting Hill is, yeah, now what it is. Partly as a result of this film, which I always find is mad. I love mm. that, like seeing how bits of culture then kind of play out in the actual area. I think it's insane. I've never, um, even, I've never actually been to Notting Hill. Like I've been to well, London many times, but I've not been to Notting Hill. Get come on down. We can do a um, carnival. a little tour of the yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> much you, better than going to a travel bookshop. You used to live in London as well, didn't you, Alice? I lived in Wimbledon. Oh, right. I don't, know, okay. I don't know where that is in relation to Notting Hill. I don't think I've been to Notting it's, Hill. It's Yeah, it's like you're, Wimbledon's southwest and mm. then Notting Hill's like west-west, but is over it, yeah. uh, north of the river, basically. Uh, right. So famously inconvenient, not well connected, those two, oh, is it those not? two no. locations. <laughs> <laughs> So oh. if you didn't make it, you don't need to feel bad, especially okay, given good. that you'd never watched the film before. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> okay, then, so we can move on to talk about the critical reception then and we'll sort of decide how we think the ratings come out. So, uh, Alice, obviously you've never seen it before. How, how do you think it did critically? I think it's safe to say, commercially, we know it at the time it did pretty well, but what are we thinking mm-hmm. critically? I, I mean, I reckon it probably did quite well. Overall, I'm trying to sort of figure out whether it was more popular with the audience or with the critics. I reckon critics probably really like Richard Curtis. Mm. Um, so I reckon 
I so I'd probably give it like a seven, which is really generous for me, Kate. Not, yeah. not just anything gets That's a like seven. a nine for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I reckon this got it, I mean, it got at least an eight, I'm thinking, and maybe sort of into the low eight. So I'm gonna say about eighty-four or an eight point four if we're okay. sort of thinking IMDB. And I reckon the critics were more generous than the, than audience. the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. okay. Hmm. What about you, Kate? Do you know how it did or do you have any idea? What would you give it? I think I did look it up when I was trying to find it, to, you know, mm. to watch it. So, but I can't really remember. I feel like, because it's so un- unedgy, but maybe things weren't, maybe it would be less critically, people would be less critically enthusiastic. Mm. But I guess back then, then maybe that didn't matter. And things yeah. like what Alice has talked about, about the, the cinematography and some of the writing might have been valued. Mm. So yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know. Okay, know. let's have a look then. So, at the time of recording, I think I think you'll be quite surprised about this, Alice. I on IMDb, so we do IMDb Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb it gets seven point two out of okay. ten. So, so maybe a little, a little bit lower than you yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes give it seventy nine percent, and you're okay. spot on. The critics give it eighty four percent. So the critics are pretty kind Wowzers. to it. So that averages out at just above. 78% or 7.8 out of 10. Okay. So okay. what what do we think? So what do you think about that, Kate? Is that fair? Is it underrated? Is it overrated sometimes that happens? Yeah, I don't know. I'm instinctively feeling like that might be a bit harsh. I don't know if it's... But it's hard, isn't it, to place yourself in the context of the time. And when like, you like it as well. Yeah. Mm. Because now, obviously, if somebody made Notting Hill, everyone would just be like, well, this is, this is <laughs> kind of, you know, what it is. this is obvious and derivative. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But it was it's, it was the original yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it it I th- I think it kind of set the standard of rom com, didn't it? Really, um, and again, not yeah. a not a genre I've watched tons and tons of. But the fact that it is funny, you know, I think it basically scores very highly in both the rom and the com, right? So <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that often doesn't happen. A lot of often it's way too much bloody rom in my mm. view. <laughs> bloody romance. Ruining mm. these perfectly good rom-coms. Um, <laughs> what, what about you, Alice? Um, that feels... I am I am surprised by the IMDb score and a little bit surprised by the audience score, but overall, if, if that's coming out at like a high seven, for me, that's probably appropriately rated. Um, I'd say so, so, yeah. I wouldn't say that's underrated for me, but I'd, oh, the, I'm, just, I'm so pleased that I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to. Because otherwise, this would have been a very different episode. Because so... <laughs> I'm not good at hiding my real thoughts. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. But maybe it would have been a great episode. Maybe we would maybe. have been going at it. And like... Kate, was fucking shit. Why are you playing that? <laughs> what do you think, Josh? Then underrated, I, I, appropriate. I think that's. I think it's about appropriately rated. But yeah. I do think that this film might be lost in the next ten to twenty years, and I think it'd be interested to yeah. revisit it with, you know, say like our kids or whatever like mm. because if you imagine showing someone this in 10 15 years time they might be like oh my god this is what like rom-coms were it might mm-hmm. be the same way we look at romance from the early 80s or, mm. or or whatever so yeah i'd say that's appropriately rated but i definitely think it's worth one you know it's worth putting in the old uh time capsule to be like this is what a, rom- a british rom-com was in the 90s <laughs> That's right. It's totally re- it, yeah. It represents exactly. It is, right. it is for me. It probably it is. is the British rom com. It's mm. pinnacle of the form. It's, it's this or four weddings, isn't it? It's way better than four weddings. Come on. No, I think it's better than four weddings. But if you said <laughs> what is the rom British rom com, I think it'd be between I mean, those two. 
Uh, yeah, let's not let's not go down that debate. We've only got. <laughs> um, well, Kate, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, not at and all. That was a lot. Notting Notting Hill with us. Yeah, it was really fun and fun just relaxing, like you said. That's, <laughs> that's basically why I, why I picked the film. Um, I could come. I could like. I can be edgy, guys. I could have done an edgy thing. I could have. Well, what would you sat us through? Um, I would have done. Oh, what's it called? I'm going to forget what it's called and then I'm going to sound like I'm just Googling somewhere, something to, to, be, to, to be edgy. But there's There was a film I got obsessed with in lockdown mm. where everything is just done on this one shot through a tiny little like, tiny little um, kind of villagey place in the middle of middle America and there's like a UFO. Um, oh, is it Super 8? No. No, not Super 8. Sorry. So edgy, we don't even know what you're talking about. That's oh my good. god, isn't it? Yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight, try and remember the name of it and send it to you afterwards because okay. it's definitely worth worth a look and it's not very it's not very long, so you don't have to commit loads That's of but it's yeah, it's like an like an experience thing. You feel mm, kind of unsettled by it by the end. Cool. I still don't really know what it was about, even despite the obvious <laughs> UFO thing. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So where can the guys where can the guys listening at home look out for your stuff? What have you got going on? Uh, so, uh, where can you find me? Well, definitely on my Twitter is at KVL Mason, because uh, there's too many people called Kate kicking around. So I used my, <laughs> those are my, initial, my middle initials, which is a bit weird as I get older. Um, what's, the, feel, what's the V? What's the V? Do you want to guess? Um, Vivian, Victoria, Valerie, one of those, Violet. No. Do you know None everyone always says Victoria first? It's Virginia. Mm. Virginia. Oh, Virginia. oh, I never would have got that. I feel, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I feel like I've seen you put that out, so I wasn't going to guess. I was oh, going to say, I was nice. going to say Veronica or Virginia. I couldn't remember which one it was. Oh, you don't okay. hear many British Virginias. Definitely associate more with, as like an American name, for sure. Yeah, I That's agree. I'm not really sure of the thinking of it, unless it was like, you know, Virginia Woolf or someone. Ooh. Maybe it was. Oh, yeah. I have to check with my mum. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> just start a podcast. Is my middle name from <laughs> Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> Actually, no, I can't tell that story because it's about someone I work with and he doesn't work in the public eye. Damn! Uh, never mind. It's very, it's a, but let me ne- tell you, it was a very funny story that you just missed out on. Um, uh, I, I, do a sh- I work with a bunch of guys uh, on Football Ramble. So that's like a football podcast that I know you've had Jim on as well. Mm. So he's one of my pals on there. And I do a like an interview show with them called The Drop-In. Um, I also, I, this has already been and gone, obviously, the Qatar World Cup. But I also made an audio documentary about the Qatar World Cup. Um, and I guess that's the thing I'm proudest of. So if you do have any oh, interest awesome. in in yeah looking at it, it starts with um, I managed to talk to some young women who play football in the country, and that's how I opened the series. And it was oh, like wow. unbelievably difficult to obviously get those sorts of people to talk freely. Um, but yeah, we managed it, so that was pretty awesome. And then at the moment, uh, oh, also I write a column in Metro on Fridays. Uh, if you want to listen to chat and what I think about things in football mainly, then <laughs> help yourself. Um, try not to tweet abuse at me. That's never yeah. nice. Um, and and I've just started working with uh, Eurosport. I'm going to do mountain biking, not wow. me personally. Although they do keep threatening to put me on a mountain bike, <laughs> um, which I'm a bit worried about. Check your contract. You check your contract. You wear a lot of you wear a lot of guards and stuff. So hopefully I'll be all right. It sounds really fun. I could just go really slowly, right? Oh, uh, but yes, main, mainly the TV presenting side rather than the actual mountain biking side. 
Where is the audio documentary? Where is that available? So that is, it's still, you could find it still, I think, by searching Football Ramble inside the Qatar World Cup mm. or okay. Football Ramble Kate Mason or Qatar. Just shove Qatar in there and you should should be able to find it. Or I've put a, the link to all of them on my bio in my on my Twitter. Oh, I, I have oh, listened to it and I think it is uh, fantastic. So I, oh, I, I, I did, I think I did do a shout out on our feeds when it came out. Say I'm a big oh. football fan, big football ramble fan as well. So I, yeah. I, I um, we'll put all the links to all the things Kate's just mentioned there in our feed. But I would say if you're going to check out anything, do check out the Qatar World Cup, even if you don't like football, because it's quite, I'd say, in, what's the word? Enlightening, scary, terrifying, all those things at the same time, just in terms of gender politics and geopolitical landscapes and all that sort of stuff. Do check it out because... I think it's important, especially now that the World Cup's no longer as in the public eye because it's not on, that you listen to it. So go and check it out. Click the link in the in the episode description as well. I'll put it out there. But uh, all the other stuff as well. But that particularly is the thing I've also listened to. So yeah, it's very, very good. Thank you. Um, oh, thanks, Josh. Uh, Kate Mason, thank you very much for coming on and talking to us about Nottingham. Thank Hill. you so much, Kate. That was brilliant. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. That was a lot of fun. So there we go, another episode in the bag. Uh, thank you very much to Kate, of course, for coming on. It was wonderful to chat with her. As he said in the episode, make sure you check out all the links to her stuff. We'll put it in the episode description, put some links out on social media. Uh, lots of great stuff to check out. I would very much highly recommend the Inside the Qatar World Cup documentary that she uh, made. Alice, we're going to be back next week with another film, aren't we? <gasps> We are indeed. How exciting. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you search for just films and that, uh, wherever you find your social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that, we're, we are there. Uh, we're on Patreon as well. So if you're on Patreon, head on over and look for us by searching for just films and that, and you'll find us. Any support you can give us uh, would be massively appreciated. But do you know what? It's great that you listen. Not only can you listen to us, you can also see us on the TV, can't you, Alice? <gasps> You can indeed. Every Friday evening from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the north east of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. You can also find us on Daily Motion, guys, because I've been uploading the videos to Daily Motion. So search just films and that in Daily Motion. You'll be able to see what we're all about. Get our faces on your screens. You know you want to. Yes, lots of ways. <laughs> Lots of ways to hear us, see us, and we'll be back next week with another episode in your ears. Until then, cheerio. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.